Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, hour number two of the program underway. John Grayson here with you as we, as we do our best to change the tone of the show after the last hour. I mean, just a lot of that had to be said. And thank you for participating in that, both on the text line and on the phones. But psychically or psychologically, there's only so much of that I can take. So if you happen to if you happen to catch the last half hour of Dana and Parks yesterday, <laughs> uh, you you heard us before the bonus hour. I mean, the the, the last like from five thirty to six yesterday afternoon. My lovely bride and I were on our way back from uh, Topeka. We went to Topeka to uh, to pick up another piece of music gear. <laughs> I know, I've got an addiction problem. So uh, we were on our way back, and we're listening to Dana and Parks, and they started talking about this police chase that happened in Excelsior Springs that was just absolutely unbelievable. Colin, have you seen the video on this yet? No, I haven't. <laughs> you have to. I tell you, uh, it, It's absolutely stunning. The Excelsior Springs Police Department were chasing a guy. It started as a speeding call, from what I understand. So you've got a pickup truck that's towing a trailer, and not just a trailer. I mean, we're not talking about like a Winnebago third wheel or fifth wheel or whatever they're called. We're talking about a mobile home, a single-wide mobile home, a full-on, you know, it's it's on a trailer itself, but it's a it's a mobile home. It's the kind that, that people, you know, put down, you know, put up on blocks and, and live in. I know because I did for a while. <laughs> Thankfully, that was a long time ago. Uh, I, I will go with Jimmy Buffett on that and to say that I agree that they looked a lot better as beer cans. But in this case, you got this guy who's got the truck. He's got the mobile home behind it on the trailer and was speeding. Now, why one would speed? You're watching it now, aren't you? I guess. <laughs> yeah, this is great. <laughs> why somebody would speed? How somebody would speed while they're towing a mobile home? I'm not entirely sure. But there's so much about this. So, um, so the police pull out. The guy's speeding. They pull out, put on the red and blues, and try to get him to stop. He doesn't stop. He just takes off. So a chase ensues. At one point, he tries whipping a corner. Now, think about the logic here. You're, you're trying to whip a corner in a truck towing what's got to be a 40-foot mobile home. Okay? I I don't remember exactly how long single wides are, but it's got to be close to that if it's not. Uh, so needless to say, the truck made the corner. 
The mobile home, not so much. Uh, and it ended up in a ditch, you know, on, on the corner of the road. And it just, they t- he took out a sign as he was going across because, I don't know if you know this, 40-foot mobile homes don't tend to corner terribly well. So it, you know, went down into the ditch, took out a road sign, and then just you know, d- detached itself, I guess, at some point from the truck. But they finally got the guy to stop. And they, they, you know, put him over the top of the car uh, or the hood of the of the police car and cuffed him and arrested him. And now he's off to jail for presumably reckless driving and who knows what else. But so many questions exist about this. Why somebody was towing a fully furnished mobile home. I mean, this isn't something that was, like, being delivered somewhere. I mean, maybe it was being delivered somewhere. But this is uh, something that it wasn't like a brand-new mobile home or something that somebody had bought that they were, you know, on their way home with because it was full of stuff. There was a dresser, and I think Dana mentioned there was a picture hanging on the wall. You could see because the front – it's not the front door. It was actually the back door that you could see into was off. So you got a good view of the interior of the mobile home as this chase was going on. And it's all from dash cam video from the police car. It's astoundingly hilarious. Somebody said 70 feet? (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. That actually makes sense. Yeah, because if you think about it front to back, you've got... I mean, it's it's exactly like the trailer that I lived in. I did not own the trailer. I was living with a friend of mine right after high school, but still. Um, Yeah, you've got the kitchen area. And then the living room area, then the first bedroom, then a little hallway where, like, the um, the hookups are for the washer-dryer. And behind that is the bathroom. And then at the very back is another bedroom. So, yeah, 70, 80 feet, that, that would not surprise me to see it going that long. I don't know if you watched the whole video. And this is— I saw the crash. Okay, okay. So the very end when they're arresting the guy, this is my favorite part of the whole thing. Uh-huh. Dash cam footage. They arrest him, put him in the car— Cops are walking past each other, smiles on their faces, <laughs> boom, big high five. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they walk past, big smiles. That, yeah, that is fantastic. And and there was that uh, there was that quote from one of the officers. He said something like, we arrested him. That's what Excelsior do. Woo-wee. <laughs> I mean, it was just fantastic. So, uh, so all of that went on. And the one detail that they didn't get into that I was wondering about is uh, in, in their efforts while the chase was still going on, the Excelsior police in their efforts to get this guy to stop and stop. Yeah. I mean, cause you figure what could possibly be more dangerous than somebody flying through town, leading a police chase with an 80 foot trailer behind him, an 80 foot mobile home, just on a train. Yeah. Uh, you could do an awful lot of damage with one of those things. So they try to get him to stop. He won't stop. They laid down spike strips. Now, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I question the wisdom. Maybe it was in a place, because Excelsior Springs is a lot of rural, you know, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And even the, the uh, intersection where this chase ended, where the mobile home smacked the road sign and ended up in the ditch, that intersection looked like, and it, it's dark out. I mean, it was nighttime when the uh, rest was affected, but it looked like it was rural, you know, just country road out in the middle of nowhere. So um, maybe that was the thinking, but I thought, okay, if you put down spike strips and you've got a guy in a truck 
with his big mobile home on a trailer behind him. What does success look like there? Because the only thing I can think of that's more dangerous than a guy speeding with a mobile home behind him is a guy speeding with a mobile home behind him, and then you wreck all of the tires. <laughs> because, I mean, that sounds like... You ever, you ever watch that TV show, Seconds from Disaster? That's what I think of when I think of that. It's like, okay... And then they made the fatal decision to use spike strips. And all I could see was some massive conflagration or something like that. That didn't happen, thankfully. But man, oh man, if you have not seen this yet, and and frankly, if you have not heard the last half hour of Dana and Parks from yesterday, mark this down. Go back and revisit that a little bit later on and, and listen back to that. It was absolutely incredible. So I don't know what to make of of the chase itself, but something deep inside me really wishes that the spike strips had worked, you know, just so we could see what happens when you use spike strips on a speeding mobile home. There's, I mean, this footage, it's already gone nationwide, which was not a surprise. A story out of Excelsior Springs going nationwide, that doesn't happen much because we don't tend to get noticed a lot around here unless something goes really crazy. This one's up on all of the news aggregators, all of the websites. People are passing this thing around. It would surprise me if we hadn't had a couple million people already aware of and having viewed the footage in this story. It's incredible. And and, and you know, g- going back in a much more fun way, almost akin to what we were talking about in the last hour, don't you desperately want to know... <laughs> where that mobile home was going i mean i i I, sooner or later we will have a much clearer picture of this and i'm hoping that the folks in excelsior springs again are able to give us the information if for no other reason than pure entertainment because i i mean well done to them that nobody was injured in this you know nobody ended up getting a hit that the, the the trailer itself, the mobile home that was on the trailer, apparently there was nobody inside it. That's another thing that the, the text line was wondering about yesterday is whether Ma was back there with the oxygen tank and the cigarette, uh, watching the prices right, you know, just going down the road like Lucy and Desi in the long, long trailer. But, but as far as we know, none of that happened. There was the only person we know of that was there other than the cops was the guy driving the truck. So it seems like other than the furniture... And who knows what else may have been inside the trailer. But, I mean, (laughs) I I, want to know, like, what the moment was where he was in the truck and he's got the pedal down and he's going hell-bent for leather with an 70 or 80-foot mobile home behind him. And he sees the cop lights come on. Because, you know, there had to be that that half a second where he was like, all right, do I pull over or do I punch it? What was it that made that decision in that guy's head where he thought, okay, let's go and just nailed it. I mean, pedal to the floor. Now, how fast a truck like that could go when it's towing a 70 or 80 foot mobile home behind it? I I, I don't know. I'm guessing he probably did himself some pretty significant transmission damage because it, it's a big, hefty truck, but it's not like a semi, you know, truck, a semi cab. It's nothing like that. So 
they, they don't like towing that stuff to begin with. And if you're doing it like that out on a country road and just with the pedal down to the floor, yeah, you're you're going to do yourself some damage. This is great advertising for this truck. I'm telling you. To say, can, can, can you, you imagine how fast you're going to go? <laughs> when you're not towing a When you're home? not towing this thing behind you? Yes. Wait, can you tell what it is? It looks like uh, it's like I'm a big sure. Chevy Dually or something like that, like a big Silverado or something. Um no, no, Silverado's the the uh, that's the SUV, isn't it? What? Uh, I I don't know from Chevy models. It's kind of hard to see. You know, there's a big thing in the way. Of, yeah, right. That's uh, you know, true. Tailing it. So I think maybe like right at the end when he when he tries to make the corner and the mobile home takes the the road sign out. Like maybe we could find out there what it is. But yeah, I it's, can't. Yeah, it's the house grainy dash. The house video. is in the way, unfortunately. <laughs> but the house gets in the way. Yeah, it's um. It is a pickup. It's a it's an extended cab pickup. Oh, you know what? I'm looking at the headlights, which is hard to see because it's kind of it's making the corner. That looks like those awful headlights I can't stand that the Fords use. The ones that blind you, the big C shaped, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Um, it's hard to tell, like I said, because you were seeing it from the side. Well, they got the big hunting lights or whatever those are on the <laughs> yeah, back of it, too. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, honestly, one of the most fun stories that we've seen in a long time. Again, only because nobody ended up getting hurt on this one. But uh, I, now I know from listening to the end of Dana and Parks yesterday that uh, they have every intention. They were trying to get Excelsior Springs PD, but it was after hours, and it, you know, it was just a little... Uh, the the uh, what logistics were not in their favor. So they weren't able to get anybody on before the end of the show yesterday. But I, I do know that they mentioned, I heard Dana mention, that they have every intention of trying to get more information out of the Excelsior Springs PD today I mean, it's not like they were hiding anything. It's just they, they didn't have anybody immediately available because it was after 5 o'clock and everything kind of shuts down there. So so listen in today. There will probably be, if there are further developments on this, they will likely be there for you on Dana and Parks. Listen in, enjoy yourself, and uh, we'll move on to some other things here in just a couple of minutes. If you've got a word or two to add in, feel free. The text line, again, is having a ball with this one. But if you haven't seen it yet, KMBZ, they've got the footage. It's there for you. In fact, we may have it as well. I'll have to check our own website and see if it's up on KMBZ.com. Just fantastic stuff. <laughs> you, you, how many times during that chase do you think the driver of the truck said, yeehaw? I'm going to guess the over-under on that's probably five. Take a brief time out. More to come. John Grayson here with you. Sharing a Wednesday morning on 98.1 KMBZ. 11.22, uh, guest joining us, by the way, at the middle point of next hour. Uh, there's a movie that just dropped on streaming last night. It's called A Place in the Field, and it's a kind of a, uh, it, it's a parable. It's sort of a road movie, and it's also got a military component to it. We're going to talk to the guy who is the writer, director, and star of the movie, an actor by the name of Don DePetta, who you probably would know his face from a number of different appearances, but... Uh, we'll talk to him in the middle of the next hour, give you a little primer on a place in the field, because the movie itself, it just looks like a, a really fascinating premise and very close to what a good friend of mine did many, many years ago. So we'll talk to him about that in just a little while. Meantime, speaking of the pop culture world, uh, two things, Colony, that you were making me aware of. You you got to see the Napoleon movie? I did. I saw that last night. How was it? I thought it was fantastic. 
it's fine. I have heard very mixed reviews. And, and that's what, what I heard, too. And when I, mean. I when I say mixed, I, I mean, it's like one side or the other. Either it was awesome or it was terrible. Like, it was, nothing in the middle. It's odd because I feel like a lot of times you go on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm yeah. I'm not a big Rotten Tomatoes guy, but it's one of those where you, you see the audience score and then the critic score, right, and how they all rate it. And usually <laughs> and they're pretty far- varying in, in de- either the critics really like it and the fans hate it yep. or the fans really like it and the critics hate it. I think they were both sitting at about 60%. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so yeah, that is strange. Both the critics and the fans that have seen the movie so far were feeling kind of the same way about it. Yeah, sort of but, an even split. What did you like about it? Oh, it's 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 hard to to – put into words how incredible the battle scenes looked okay and you see waterloo and you see a lot of what happened in 1812 and you see a lot of what happened in the late 1700s and it's it's quite epic i think is the best word to use for it i will say two minutes into the movie i was like do they do they have to speak in english can this be can this be like (laughs) Not not that like I want to be like a traditionalist. You want a reader? Yeah, I was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been upset if they would have spoken French and and the old English and whatever they had at the time in in Great Britain and everything mm-hmm. overseas in Europe. You know, I I'm not opposed to subtitles. I think they make me pay attention a lot more, and I think I I get more out of it throughout the movie because I have to actively focus. Yeah. But I, I thought it was great. I think Joaquin Phoenix did a great job. I think the cast was really good. Yeah, I was I was very impressed. The, well, the good thing about that is that Joaquin Phoenix doesn't really have any discernible accent. We've we've talked before about accents going away largely mm-hmm. in pop culture where it didn't used to be that way. It'd be really funny if he had like if he was playing Napoleon and not only speaking English, but speaking it with like a Brooklyn accent yeah. or a real thick <laughs> southern drawl or something. It's like, um what was it? Oh, Tony Curtis. That, uh, back when he was first starting out, because I think he was from Brooklyn, somewhere in New York City. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, the famous line that's always ascribed to him that I don't think he ever actually said, but there was a movie that was, uh, was like an old gladiator movie or something like that, and the line was, Yondalized the castle of my father the king. <laughs> it's like, ah, yeah, no, 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 it doesn't, doesn't really come off that well. I will say it's it's two and a half hours, so it's it's long, but it doesn't feel that long. Oh, okay, you know. I went and saw Killers of the Flower Moon, which is something I talked about with with Jay Edwards, who's our traffic reporter. Yeah. Um, that movie is three hours. I think just a little over three hours. And that movie's good. It's a very slow burn. There's not a lot of action. It feels like three it hours. It feels like three hours. Okay. Yeah. But with Napoleon, I feel like with a lot of the battle scenes and a lot of the action that we got, it moved along quicker than I expected a two-and-a-half-hour movie to to move. Nice. Well, I know I, 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 phones are ringing. I know we've got some Spotify stuff to get into here before too long as well because something's going on there that I'm just completely unaware of. But, um, but it does bring up an interesting point because there was a time when I used to pay attention to what critics were saying about things. It's not like it would necessarily scare me away from seeing a movie. In fact, there were times when I went to see a movie specifically because – the critics absolutely thrashed it and and just left it bleeding on the ground. And, and I thought, okay, if it's that bad, I have to see this now. I have to go see this movie just to laugh at it and see how bad it is, kind of in a Mystery Science Theater 3000 way. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's ever been one 
that they really just torched that ended up being on my favorites list. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, over time, now, like Colin was talking about with Rotten Tomatoes, I don't even pay attention to it anymore because I, I know way too much about how their their aggregation score works and who whom they weight heavier and all of this stuff. And it's just, it's not a great way to do it. But I don't even know. I mean, if you ask me now to name five famous movie critics, you know, five people that everybody listens to, I don't know if I'd be able to come up with two. Honestly, I don't even know if I'd be able to come up with one. It used to be, I mean, there were guys, Siskel and Ebert, and, you know, and and uh, uh, there were a few more. There was that guy that was on Showtime back in the day. And at least you knew who they were. You knew they had some kind of credibility. Now, name me a famous movie critic. You know, the most famous movie critic I know is the one that we use here from time to time, Max Foisy, Max on Movies. And, you know, outside of here, <laughs> I, I know he's got his followers, but uh, he's at least a, a voice that I trust as far as that stuff goes. But I'm not the best barometer for that either because I love awful movies. So, I, I mean, it's not that I, I love them at the expense of good movies. I like good movies, too. But I love a good, awful film from time to time. We can talk about that. We'll do some more talking. I'll tell you what, in just a little bit, we've got traffic and weather coming up for you at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we've also got this burgeoning story here in town. Um, not really burgeoning anymore. It's been out for a while about the International House of Prayer. And I've got some questions. We'll get into this in just a little bit. If you want to jump in, 913-586-7798. John Grayson here with you, sharing a Wednesday on 98.1 KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 11.34 now, 98.1 KMBZ. I think you're for a second. 913-586-7798. So off we go. Once again, and I think we had started to edge into this when this story first started to break and never really got deeply into it. But things are happening now at the International House of Prayer right here in town. Um, what I don't know is anything about the International House of Prayer. 
And as as one might expect, when something like this comes up, um, we had a place kind of similar to this in the town where I lived um, before here in southern Illinois, Waterloo, Illinois. There was a big kind of, you know, mega church in a barn, one of those big corrugated metal building things. And, they, you know, they would, uh, everybody that went to that church, you could tell when services were over because you'd see them at the Walmart and they were all wearing the same T-shirt. And there were rumors, you know, oh, it's a cult. And one of the first things, I didn't even say anything about it, just mentioned International House of Prayer because of the story that we're about to get into. And the first thing that popped up on the sex, uh, on the sex line, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> there was a Freudian slip. The first thing that popped up on the text line. <laughs> it's a Wednesday. We're so close. We're oh, yeah, no kidding. You know, we do not have our own sex line here at KMBZ. I don't know if you're aware of that. But um, you know, the first thing that popped up on the text line was IHOP is a cult. And okay, I mean, well, technically, I mean, if you look at the original definition of the word, any religious practice is a cultic practice. But but th- that's another story for another day. In the common parlance of the w- use of the word cult, I don't know if they are or if they aren't. I don't know if they fit the definition because, like I said, I don't really know anything about them other than they exist. However, um, the way this story is shaping up is really starting to bug me because... Initially, if, if I remember right, and again, you can correct me on some of the details on this if I, if I get any of it screwed up, but the way that I remember this story breaking is that there was, before anybody outside the, the church really knew what was going on, there was a release, there was a press release, or if it wasn't a press release, it was an email to the parishioners. I think that's what it was. I think it was some kind of communication from the church leadership to the parishioners about evil in the world and how it was going to start, you know, uh, hacking away at their at their church and all of this. And whenever something like that happens, I always get immediately suspicious that something is about to come out about somebody in the church leadership, and they're trying to get out in front of the story and assure the parishioners that, no, it's the devil that's out there spreading these rumors about us. None of this is true. It's, uh, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. So uh, sure enough, that happened. That's that's exactly what happened is right after that communication to the parishioners was made public, then allegations came down about the guy, Bickle is his name, um, not Travis, Mike Bickle, who is the, the leader of the International House of Prayer. Not the International House of Pancakes. That's an entirely different IHOP. Weird that they chose that moniker, but, you know, who knows? You got to get your name out there somehow. That he was accused by um, at least one woman inside the church of sexual misconduct. And there are more, but now there's a fight going on about did they really say that they were victims of his or... Uh, have they retracted their stories and all of this? And and I'm just watching it all go down. And what it's making me think of is, again, and, and I want to stress this right here at the outset, there is no hard evidence that we have or that anybody else seems to at this point of any kind of misconduct by anybody. What we have are some people that are part of the church who are saying these things did happen and others who are saying these things didn't happen. Even to the extent, by the way, the the lack of information goes even to the extent of, we don't know exactly what the allegations are. So 
it, it makes it kind of tough from the outside to know what's what anybody is being accused of here. I mean, when you say things like sexual misconduct, well, that covers an awful lot of ground. And what what is starting to really bug me about this is that and the reason why I bring it up now is that there was a protest that was organized by one of the members of the church. Um, I hop KC staff member Susan Tuma, who helped organize the demonstration and called on their executive leadership team, according to uh, our partners over at KMBC to hire a true third party to investigate the claims of sexual abuse against Bickle. So we have a church member who organizes this protest, and there were people there that had red tape across their mouths with the word truth written on it, urging the leadership of the church to come clean and and be transparent about the investigation because, you know, you can always trust internal investigations. They're always very stringent. Uh. Come on. So now you have the, this woman, Susan Tuma, who is saying, I want the church leadership to open up about this and to hire a third party to come in, an uninterested third party to come in and investigate these allegations and see if there's anything to them, which sounds awfully rational to me. And look, you don't have to go too far to find examples in the past where this exact same scenario has played itself out where you have allegations, where you have whispers that turn into allegations against somebody running a church. And immediately the response is, no, this is, this is an attempt from the outside to try to destroy us and don't believe them and don't listen to what those people are saying about us. None of that stuff is true. And then it turns out that, yeah, it is. Um, I mean, like I said, how many times have we seen this exact same situation played out? It played out with FLDS. It played out with the Davidians. It played out with the Jim Jones. It played out with, I mean, one of one of my, I can't say favorite. I mean, it's a weird thing to call a favorite story. But one of my favorite books is a book called Strange Angel, which is the story of a guy by the name of John Whiteside Parsons. or He went by Jack, Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons is the guy who started Jet Propulsion Laboratories, okay? He was a brilliant rocket scientist. He was also the leader of a weird sex cult, <laughs> you know? It's, it's one of those things that people go, really? The guy who started JPL? J JPL, that's like science stuff, man. Those aren't weirdos. Well, those aren't mutually exclusive either. So uh, Jack Parsons ran this sex cult called Thelema out in California, while he was playing with, you know, rocketry and doing all these experiments on rocket fuel, as a matter of fact, the solid fuel that he developed is still in use. It modified, but it, with the solid rocket boosters in the space shuttle use it. So he was really good at what he did, but he also ran a weird sex cult. He ended up blowing, him, blowing himself up in his own lab. And nobody's really still sure at this point if it was suicide or if it was an accident. But um, the, the great sidebar to that story is that one of his followers in the sex cult went on to form his own religion, question mark? Yeah, uh, 
one of the followers of Thelema and the guy who actually ended up stealing Jack Parsons' wife and taking off with her was L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology. I, I swear I'm not making I, I know. How it, did I know? It, it sounds How did I know? Right? I was sitting on this side of the glass going, and I go, if there's one guy to be Hubbard. It, I know I know it's gotta be him. <laughs> I wish I had my mic on. And the funny thing is it sounds like I'm making this up. It sounds like this. It's like I can see somebody sitting in their car right now going, come on. No. Yes. All of that is true. Read that book. Uh, and, and it's all well documented. I mean, it's it's outside the book, but the book itself is fantastic. Again, it's called Strange Angel. Um, and the story is about Parsons, but obviously the L. Ron Hubbard thing is a piece of it. So anyway. You know, cult after cult after cult, you see the same thing go on. And they say, oh, it's just they're trying to destroy us from the outside and and don't pay any attention to it until there is some kind of investigation. But what I don't understand, and I guess there's a lot, shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody, is anything about International House of Prayer. I know nothing about them. I, I know nothing about their history. I know nothing about what's going on. I mean, all I know about what's going on now is what has been released in the news over the past couple of months. But the other thing is, um, if we're talking about sexual misconduct or to, to take it the next step, some kind of sexual assault, and and I want to be careful about terms here because if you coerce under duress somebody to have sex with you even if they eventually agree to it if they're doing it under duress that could still be could still be a sexual assault you can't for example you can't um oh what's the word uh not not bribe blackmail can't blackmail somebody into having sex with you that's still a sexual assault because even though they said yes at the end they they were doing it under duress and they were doing it only because you were blackmailing them, which is already illegal. So if you're doing it because you say, God came to me in a vision and told me that you have to have sex with me. That's not consent. Okay. No matter what happens, that's not really consensual sex. So what I don't understand about this is why is, why are we talking about third-party investigations and internal investigations. Well, what we really ought to be talking about is police investigations. Now, they can't come in until somebody files a complaint. So again, I'm not hacking on the cops. I'm not going, where are you guys? I understand how that piece of this puzzle works. But if you have these kinds of allegations being made against somebody who's running a church or against somebody who's running a, oh, I don't know, a... a, a, a uh, uh, you know, a laundromat. It doesn't make any difference. But if you have those kinds of allegations being made, why is there not some kind of police involvement in this? Why hasn't anybody gone to the cops? If somebody's saying that guy sexually assaulted me or sexually abused me, why haven't we gone there yet? So, as I said, the history of this thing and why people who aren't involved in it have had, even long before this part of the story broke, such a dim view of it, is something that if you know more than I do, what don't I know about them? You know, it, it, because again, possibility exists that that's exactly what's going on, is that somebody from the outside is trying to, it doesn't like them, because they do have a lousy reputation among people who are not part of the church. So maybe somebody is trying to hack away at them and started false rumors just to try to bring them all down. It's possible. 
You know, so if like I said, if if you know more about how they got the reputation that they have among non-parishioners, why people were so suspicious of them long before this story broke. Fill me in. Help a dude out. 1146. We'll take a brief time out on that. If you want to jump in 913-586-7798. I could read you a lot of the stuff on the text line right now, but I'm not sure any of it's legal. More to come. John Grayson here with you on 98.1 KMBC. I love this because I had a feeling this was going to happen. <laughs> I should always trust my gut with stuff like this. Nobody wants to say anything on the fo- on the phones. It's coming in on the text line like mad, but nobody's willing to come out and say anything in public. All right, that's fine. I'll I'll look up some stuff based on what you've told me on the text line and see if we can find out a little bit more about some of the history of the uh, the International House of Prayer and why things are going the way they are right now. Like I said, the, the, just the lack of anybody asking for police involvement in this so far is what's really baffling me. Even the protesters who showed up last night, they're asking for an indication. Well, okay, the the police are an independent third party, and investigation is kind of their bag, man. So maybe put in a phone call? Just, just going to throw it out there, just to have it investigated and see if anything untoward happened. Meanwhile, huh. <laughs> I feel like we should give the the old adult content warning on this one. Colin, I'm going to need your help with this, too, in a number of ways, because it's not every day you see a headline like the one I have in front of me right now from Cincinnati.com, which is the newspaper, the big newspaper in Cincinnati. I forget their name, but it's their website. Oh, the Inquirer. That's what it is. Yeah, Cincinnati Inquirer. And the headline on the story, and again, I swear, with all due respect to Dave Barry, I am not making this up. Ohio attorney suspended over pooping in a Pringles can and leaving it in a parking lot. (laughs) Why are you bringing me into this? How am I supposed to help with this? I'll I'll get to that in a second. So um, now, now here's the story. They said the Ohio Supreme Court suspended an attorney for defecating into a Pringles can and dropping it into a parking lot of a crime victim advocacy center. Now, that's an important piece of the story because of why they allege that he did it and what his defense is. So the the Supreme Court heard arguments that this attorney, Jack Blakesley, uh, went and, and did what he did, allegedly, although he admits to it that he defecated into a Pringles can and tossed it into the parking lot of a crime victim advocacy center because he had had a dispute with that crime victim advocacy center in court in the past. And that this was his way of, I don't know, telling them what he thought of them or or whatever. A really bizarre way to do it, but okay. Um, So if you're you're accused of that kind of thing, and there's no getting out of it, they know you did that. What would you, Colin, use as your defense in that case? Like, how would you say, okay, you caught me, I, I pooped into a Pringles can and threw it in the parking lot of the Victims Advocacy Center, but... I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> that would be it. Is there, is there hey, anything else you could when, say? When you gotta go, like, you got, that's, Exactly. That's actually not what he said. That was not his defense. No. Get this. Get this. His defense was... Oh, yeah, well, I did that, but it wasn't because I was mad at the Victims Advocacy Center. I do that all the time. I mean, you know, there's there's probably Pringles cans full of poo, you know, scattered all over this town. Uh, he, he said he had a habit, a habit of putting his feces in Pringles cans and randomly throwing them from his car. He said he pulled the Pringles prank 
pulled the but that's hard to say. He pulled the Pringles prank at least 10 times that year. The court, however, didn't buy it and said Blakesley purposely chose the Haven of Hope in Cambridge as his quote drop zone. <laughs> Uh, surveillance video captured the incident in November of 2021, which to me, uh, Blakesley said that he had known the victim's advocate says at the center for years and was scheduled to see them in court 15 minutes after the Pringles deposit. At the time, he was representing someone accused in a capital murder case. So they're they're saying that that yeah that was uh, that was what the whole Pringles scam thing was all about. I, I do have. I think there is one outstanding question, and this, Colin, is again where I will bring you in on this. If there's one thing that you would love to know about this story, is there anything about this that we haven't covered yet that you would love to have an answer to? I wish I knew less, I think, about, <laughs> about this story. <laughs> I think this is more, I've, I've learned more, uh-huh, I yeah. think, about this guy and what happened than I really needed to today. I just, if somebody on the text line said, what is he, a monkey? <laughs> yeah, they do have a tendency to throw their poop. That's true. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Someone else said we need to see the TV commercial that this guy put together. Come and see me, Jim Blakesley. I'll throw poop at my opponents for you. Jack Blakesley, whatever. No, see, the question I have is more about aim than anything else because I, I'm I'm saying that even on the even on my best day, look, the opening on the top of a Pringles can is not that big. So I I just I'm glad that there's surveillance footage of him throwing the can into the parking lot so that they, you know, the Supreme Court did what they did by suspending him. What I'm even more happy about is that there's no video of the actual deposit into the Pringles can. (laughs) Nobody needs to see that. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, somebody else wanted to know, is this a regular Pringles can or a snack pack Pringles can? Now, that, that is an excellent question. We do not have a relative volume in the story of of exactly how much was deposited in the parking lot of the uh, of the victim's advocacy center. So I, I don't know. My suspicion was that it was a regular Pringles can, you know, just the one, the one that's like I don't know, eight inches high. What are they? Ten inches high, something like that. But still, it's it's not the height of the can that confuses me so much as it is the the aperture. And I'm just thinking that that's, I mean, I suppose there's a number of ways that he could have pulled that off, but um, I'm pretty sure I don't want to see any of them. Happy lunch hour, everybody. (laughs) Enjoy your Pringles. (laughs) Hey, there's more to come after the top of the hour, don't you know? Look, I don't make this stuff up. I just deliver it to you, you know, kind of like a Pringles can. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into more stuff and things just like it after the top of the hour. A conversation coming up with a wonderful actor, director, and star of a brand-new movie called A Place in the Field. Don DePetta will join us at 1230. We'll go into that movie, what it's all about, and what it may have is a sort of deeper meaning to it. We'll get into that just ahead as well. And we've got a whole bunch more ground to cover. Uh, we told you a couple of days ago about the guy who streaked at the It's a Small World ride. Yeah, that'll come up again a little bit later on the show as well. Stick with us. John Grayson here with you sharing a, a Wednesday coming up on noon. And uh, Jamie Monticelli, her vacation continues, so she'll be back with us uh, before too very long. But she, she deserves some time off. More to come on 98.1 KMBZ. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.